Welcome back to Vantage Point Podcast, where we bring insight, keys, and perspective through the lens of God for everyday living. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm so glad you're here. If you've been with us before, welcome back. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome, welcome, welcome. Vantage Point is a weekly podcast focused on gaining perspective through the lens of God on pretty much everything we talk about, right? And we do series-based teaching, which means every three to eight weeks, it's uh, if we have a different focus, central focus. And so last week, we had a bonus episode from a teaching I did at my home church, Ignite Church, Tulsa, and I want to just make sure that you connect with us uh, on Sundays at 1030. Uh, in the episode last week, I left our social media links in the description. We would love for you to tune in with us, Our led by our senior pastor, Katria Bell. She was on a few weeks ago. Uh, in September, when we did a four-week series called Authority, uh, which I had her and three other amazing authors as they discussed their latest works. And this month, I'm still giving away all four of the books to one of my listeners. So make sure to follow me on Instagram at I am Nick Ruffin for more details on that. And since August, which was the start of season four of Vantage Point, we've been focused on the importance of our relationship with Christ and things we deal with on a daily basis. And uh, if you haven't noticed, um, our world is handling a lot right now. We're dealing with a lot, right? Our walks with Christ are filled with things that that really just make it difficult to focus on God sometimes. And, and just take a minute, if you really think about it, some of the things that we may be struggling with, we've seen other people struggle with, especially the last two years. Um, we're talking about insecurity, fear, loneliness, doubt, uh, pride, and that's just to name a few. I mean, looking at our world, this is what we see right now, right? And I know I mentioned the last two years, but really, if we go back five years, right, the last five years from uh, political climate to global, uh, we see the impacts of wars that we've been in, and then we just live in this world of uncertainty, right? We know that we're here, but we don't know what's to come, right? And we, we tend to get into that mindset. We get so caught up in what we're dealing with right now. And I know I've had a moment or two where I've seen something on the news or gotten an alert and thought, my God, what is next? What could possibly be next? And for this month, October, uh, this series, we're going to focus on thoughts just like that, right? And how do we live in a world full of uncertainty and still hold on to an unchanging God. And whether we like it or not, we live here. And this world is full of things that makes us question the unchanging hand of God. And my hope is in this series that we will be able to acknowledge the unchanging nature of God and grab hold to those reassurances that that nature provides. And this series is called Tomorrow, Living in a World of Uncertainty. And for this first episode, I want to focus on the sovereignty of God. And I know that's something we don't often talk about, something we don't really focus on. Uh, when it comes to God, we know it, but we don't really get into it, right? And if we look up the word sovereign in the dictionary. You, you would find synonyms and phrases that, you know, come to things that come to mind will be superior, greatest, supreme in power and authority, ruler, independent of all others, right? And, and, it, and that's in the definition. But a way to explain God's sovereignty best is simply to say this, God is in control. And before we go any further in this episode, in this series, let, let me make one central point absolutely clear. There is nothing that happens in this world that is outside of God's influence and authority. 
He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And he has no limitations. Nothing we've seen or experienced, nothing we will see or experienced is outside of God's influence and authority. And I want you to consider a few uh, scriptures that really highlight uh, the, these things that we're talking about, God's influence, his authority. And first, uh, Revelation 21, 6, it says, God is above all things and before all things. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is immortal and he is present everywhere so that everyone can know him. Colossians 1, 16 says, God created all things and holds all things together, both in heaven and on earth, both visible and invisible. Romans 11, 33 says, God knows all things past, present, and future. There is no limit to his knowledge for God knows everything completely before it even happens. God knows everything completely before it even happens. Jeremiah 32, 17, God can do all things and accomplish all things. Nothing is too difficult for him. And he orchestrates and determines everything that is going to happen in your life, in my life, in America, and throughout the world. Whatever he wants to do in the universe, he does, for nothing is impossible with him. Psalm 103.19 says, God is in control of all things and rules over all things. He has power and authority over nature, earthly kings, history, angels, and demons. Even Satan himself has to ask God's permission before he can act. And sovereign means being the ultimate source of all power, authority, and everything that exists. Only God can make those claims. And it's God's sovereignty that makes him superior to all other gods and all, and makes him and him alone worthy of worship. This is something that that we can have reassurance in, in this crazy world we live in, right? Because despite everything that's going on, you're going to hear that quite a you're going to hear that a lot in this in this episode and in this series is that despite everything that's going on right now in your life in this world in the lives of people you know god is still in control he is still on the throne of heaven he is still alpha and omega he is still the beginning of the end and no pandemic no war no civil unrest can disrupt the sovereignty of god and it's one of the most important principles in theology and it's actually it's, it's actually a debated one too right and the debate isn't focused on whether or not god is actually sovereign right because we we agree and, and a lot and pretty much all Christianity mainstream agrees that God is preeminent in power and authority, and we can take his sovereignty and, and, and wrap it into three things, right? And one of those things is omniscience, which is all knowledge. Another one is op- omnipotence, which is all power, and omnipresence, which is all present. And the fact that God is sovereign means that he has the power, wisdom, and authority to do anything he chooses within creation. Now, whether or not he chooses to exert that level of control is where we see some debate, right? And and sometimes we we try to oversimplify divine sovereignty, right? We assume that if God's not directly and overtly and purposely driving something, then he's not, somehow not sovereign. And, and God's sovereignty, again, means that he is an absolute authority and unrestricted in his supremacy. 
Everything that happens is at the very least the result of God's permissive will. And this holds true even in specific things that, that are not what he would prefer, right? And the right of God to allow mankind, allow our free choices is just as necessary for true sovereignty as his ability to enact his will. And I want to really highlight three things real quick. And the first one is this, God's sovereignty calls for us for our submission. And and just as, you know, we, we've read these things, if you go to the olden days, kings and, and how people bowed before kings, uh, didn't want to offend the one who had authority. God's sovereignty compels us to submit to him. But but it's not like those earthly kings that we read about or, or maybe even have experienced and, and who want to abuse authority. God rules in love. He loves us and wants what's best for us. And, and, and a scripture that really highlights sovereignty is Romans 8, 28, very, very well-known scripture. And it says, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And that's an amazing promise because it demonstrates that an all-powerful God cares about us and me and you, and, and, and but because it cannot be fulfilled unless the one who gives it is all knowing, all wise, all powerful, and all loving. The promise itself, Romans 8 28, is a testament to God's sovereignty. Second thing, God's sovereignty provides us with comfort. Again, we've been talking this episode already about the things of this world, right? There's a comfort in God's sovereignty, right? But but he makes that promise, right? And, and, and we have seen this because we can look throughout history and, and it's been testified to, to truth because God has proven his ability to back his sovereignty up time and time again. Just take a minute and think about in your own life, when God's sovereignty gave you comfort, when you didn't know how something was going to go on, you didn't know, you were worried, you had it, but God yet again showed up in his sovereignty and still kept you in comfort, right? And think about that because he's sovereign and loves us. There's nothing that will ever come into your life that he does not either decree or allow. And no matter what you face in life, you can take comfort in God's sovereignty. And the, and the most thing, what I, well, one thing I love and, and really continue to grow in love for is his sovereignty inspires us to worship him. And because God is completely good and completely sovereign, he's completely worthy of worship. And we see this, and I love Psalm 41, 1 and 2 says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world, all who live in it, for he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. This psalmist is, is often is found worshiping God because God rescued him, provided for him, led for him. And it's so important that we worship God, not for what he is doing all the time, but for him and his sovereignty, right? Because we talk about it, even with this psalmist, he's found and led him, but it's really, if we look deeper, that worship comes from a place because we know the comfort that God brings, the, the, the peace that God brings, even in rescuing us, even in providing for us, even for leading us. And it's so key, but also in Psalm 145, 3, it says, Christians can always worship simply because God is worshiping. Worthy. Great 
is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. And in the debate on God's sovereignty, it's impossible for us to fully understand the dynamics of how God is molding and shaping the will of man, right? Scripture is clear that God knows the future. He has total sovereign control over everything. The Bible even says that we must choose God or be eternally separated from him. We are held responsible for our actions and how these facts work together is impossible for our minds to comprehend. And really, it boils down to this. We can take two extremes. We can say that, you know what, we we can emphasize the sovereignty of God to the point that we feel like we are just robots and we don't it doesn't matter what we do. And we're programmed to follow him and all of those things. But then others take it to the other side and focus so much on free will that, you know, there really isn't a we don't have to worry about his sovereignty because we have all the free will in the world to do what we want. And the truth is that God does not violate our wills by choosing us and redeeming us. Rather, he changes our hearts through relationship so that our will chooses him. And and John fifteen sixteen says we love him because he first loved us. Excuse me, first John four nineteen, and then John fifteen and sixteen says you did not choose me, but I chose you. And what do we do? Right, first we have to trust in the Lord, knowing that He's in complete control. His sovereignty is a comfort to us, not an issue to be concerned with or debate about. And secondly, we are to live our lives making wise decisions in according to his will, right? There's no, there will be no excuses before God for why we choose or chose to disobey him, right? We will have no one to blame but ourselves for our sin. God has given us every opportunity to choose and every opportunity and every example on why to choose him. And we are to worship him, praising him that he is so wonderful, infinite, powerful, full of grace and mercy and sovereign. And then when going back again to the chaos of this world, what other alternative do we have? And I want you to take a minute. I want you to think about the things that may be close to you, things that have a direct impact on you and your life. And, and I want you to think about dealing with those things without God. And when the uncertainty of the world is right at our front doors, it, it, that's, that's not time to cash in and stop trusting and believing God. John sixteen thirty three says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. See, Jesus makes it very clear our existence in this earthly world means trouble. But even in the midst of that trouble, we can know that Jesus has overcome the world. Earlier, I talked about, I said God's sovereignty can be formulated on three things, all knowledge, all power, and all presence. And one thing I love about this scripture is Jesus doesn't state a specific illness or issue with the world. He simply says there will be trouble present. And that's so vital to understand because we don't want to equate and measure the trouble of this world to to omni or all of God. And, and we can't because it doesn't matter. And that's the beauty of it. It doesn't there's no compartmentalizing or this trouble is bigger than God's presence or this trouble is bigger than God's knowledge because the all 
omni God we serve has overcome all that was trouble, all that is trouble, and all that will be trouble. And the world is in too fragile of a state for us to accept anything less than God. It has been proven time and time again, year and year again, that the things of this world that we place so much trust in cannot, will not, and have no earthly ability to save us no politician no form of money no amount of money no relationship nothing rc sproul said most christians salute the sovereignty of god but believe in the sovereignty of man see we acknowledge god's sovereignty but do we really believe it and this quote by lorraine better says although the sovereignty of god is universal and absolute it is not the sovereignty of blind power it is coupled with infinite wisdom holiness and love and this doctrine with when properly understood is the most comforting and reassuring one who would not prefer to have his affairs in the hands of a God of infinite power, wisdom, holiness and love rather than to have them left to fate or chance or natural law or too short sighted and pervert itself. Those who reject God's sovereignty should consider what alternative they have left. And again, what other alternative is there? And, and, and specifically, one part I want to highlight, it says, who would not prefer to have his affairs in the hands of a God of infinite power, wisdom, holiness, and love, rather than to have them left to fate or chance or natural law or to short-sighted and pervert itself? See, here's the thing. We have an option. We can know our affairs, no matter their state, are in the hands of God who has infinite power, wisdom, holiness, and love. Or we can put our affairs in the hands of fate or chance, the law of this world or to ourselves. And if we're honest, that's the last one. The last one is the one we battle with. Do we trust God or do we trust ourselves more? And that even goes back to the first quote. We, we might salute and acknowledge God's sovereignty, but we really trust our own sovereignty, our own ability, quote unquote, to control our destinies or control what we deal with. And we can very quickly get into that mindset that we know better than God. And in this mindset, we forget about his sovereignty. We think God didn't act with my specific with because he didn't act within my specified time. So he must not really be in control. Then we take matters into our own hands. And even in that God is still in control. Our taking control doesn't surprise him. Remember, he is omniscient, with, which is all knowing. So God knows what we will do before we do it. And I think there was some that was something I had to grasp that even in the moments where I took control, he's still in full control and he knew I would panic and try to handle it on my own. Daniel 2.21 says that he changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. You see, nothing in this world happens by random chance, nor has God left us to our own devices to get on with life independently of him. He's not left us out here wandering and wallowing and, and scared to death. He is the ruler of this world. Indeed, he does rule over the changing seasons, the raising up and falling of kings and presidents, and also overseeing their downfall. God brings it all to pass. And Acts 2.23 says, This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless man. See, while God is never the author or source of evil, he does permit it. The crucifixion of Christ is a perfect example of that. The greatest injustice in history was carried out by evil men, yet it happened according 
to God's def- definite plan and foreknowledge. And sometimes it's difficult to endure suffering. It's difficult to understand the fact that God remains sovereign even in the midst of suffering. But that in and of itself should still give us comfort that he is able to use every circumstance to work for his good and glory. And as I close this first episode, I want to leave you with this. We are in deeply uncertain and concerning times in this world, locally and globally. We see it politically. We see it economically. There's so much going on. And it's easy to become confused, lost, scared about what's to come, and even feel insecure. And as Christians, our ultimate hope is not in the rulers of this age, nor in the state of our economy, but in the sovereign creator of the universe. The truth that God is sovereign should be a huge comfort and source of strength for us. And what does it actually mean? Again, in short, God is in charge. God is in control. And I mentioned earlier, think about where you are without God. Now I want you to think about the same situations you first you face personally and the situations we face together. And as you think about those situations in the way of the world, I want you to shift your thoughts to the sovereignty of God and the fact that he is in control. Because whatever your situation's in, whatever apprehensions you feel about tomorrow, know that God is in control of tomorrow. Matthew 6, 34 is a well-known scripture, and it's part of the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus preached. And in chapter 6, Jesus is teaching that God rewards the deeds motivated by sincere devotion to him, not approval from others. He's teaching a simple way to prayer. Uh, He's teaching and warning us against stockpiling money and possessions on earth. And he's telling us to make decisions to store up treasures in heaven. And a person's priority can be either be God or money, but it can be both. And along with that, I want you to key in on this. Jesus says believers should fight against anxiety about daily needs. He knows all we need. And all we need to do is pursue his kingdom and his righteousness daily. He will take care of our needs one day at a time. And verse 34 in the message translation says it this way. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Because see, if we get so caught up in worry and anxiety about tomorrow, we don't live for today. We don't acknowledge him today. We don't connect to his righteousness and goodness today. God is in control of yesterday. He is in control of today, and most assuredly, he is in control of tomorrow. So let him be in control. Don't fix your focus on the things of the world and allow them to question whether or not you believe in his control. We, When we fix our attention on God today, we can walk in confidence he has us tomorrow. Let's pray. God, I thank you for who you are. I give you praise for who you are. You are the Alpha and the Omega the beginning and the end of everything we experience. As we go through these days of uncertainty, we stand firm on the fact that you are in control. And right now I pray for the hearts and mind of everybody listening. Allow them to see your unchanging hand, even in the midst of changing times. I pray we continue to speak truth and love to a world that is hurting. 
I pray that people begin to not only see, but accept your unchanging hand in the lives, in their lives and in this world. I pray these things in Jesus name. Amen. Thank y'all so much for being with us for this first episode of tomorrow. We're going to be back next week for part two. And remember, keep seeking insight, keys and perspective through the lens of God. It will change your life. God bless. Mm -hmm.